Amen. Thank you, Brother Carl. It's good to see you this morning. We're glad that you're here, and I hope you've come expecting a blessing today. And um, you know, God is so very good to us, and uh, today is a very special day. Um, but it's also a, a bittersweet day. Uh, it is a wonderful thing uh, when God's people surrender to do what God wants them to do. Can I tell you, friend, you will never be happier than when you're doing what God wants you to do. And you will be n- never more miserable than when you're not doing what God wants you to do. God has a way. He's not going to make you do anything, but He's going to make sure uh, that you know what He wants you to do, and if you don't do it, you're not going to be happy. Uh, and it is a wonderful thing uh, when the Lord calls uh, young men to uh, preach His Word, something that the church should celebrate, something that the church should pray for. Um, and we need more and more uh, men answering the call uh, to preach. And uh, we need to pray that the Lord would, would raise up. Maybe some of the young men that are children now in our church will one day raise up and be missionaries or pastors. Or, um, you know, but we need to pray and, and set the example for our young people that we want to be where God wants us to be and we want to do what God wants us to do. If our young people see us as adults doing what we want to do and putting God on the outskirts of our life, guess what they're going to do? They're going to do the exact same thing. And so we need to be sure we're setting a good example. So I want to call your attention to a couple of scriptures this morning. Uh, one is 1 Timothy 3, verse 1. It says, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires the position of a bishop, he desires a good work. This verse is somewhat of an unfortunate English translation, and it's unfortunate in several different English Bibles because it gives the idea that pastoring, here it's called bishop. We believe that when the Bible talks about bishops and pastors, it's talking about the same uh, person or the same office, just different names for and different functions. Uh, but, it, but it makes it seem like we d- get to decide. And every preacher, including Seth, including Aaron, will tell you there's not a pastor that really is called by God to pastor that wanted to do it. It is a serious responsibility. And I don't, I don't know of a pastor that when they received that call and they knew that's what God wanted to do, they said, oh, yes, Lord, sign me up, here we go. Most of us said, God, you got the wrong guy. And yet God continues to call and draw. And so then if we want to be in the center of what, where God wants us to be, we surrender and say, God, I'll, I, I'll do it. And I'll uh, allow you to. And so that is the idea that Paul is trying to express here. And sometimes it doesn't come through quite as faithfully as it would in as Paul intended it to. But he said, as a man desire, if he has that, uh, an inward nudging, it's not something that he just makes up. 
but that God sets this. And then most of our English translations, uh, the last half of that verse, where it says, he desires a good work, it's the same word. Whatever translation you have, most translations translate, it's the same word in both places. But it's two different Greek words. And the second one has an idea of actively pursuing. In other words, Paul is telling Timothy and telling us, if a man has been called by God and that man pursues after and does what God has led him to do, it is a good thing. And it's something that the church is to celebrate. And it's something that we celebrate. We've celebrated since Seth surrendered the call to to preach. Honest, when I came, uh, I assumed that the Lord had called him already, and he had surrendered to the Lord. To, uh, and as I got to know him, and he came one Wednesday night and said, you know, uh, he, he came after. And usually when people stay after on Wednesday night and say, preacher, I need to talk to you, it's usually not good. And so I'm like, oh, mercy, what's happened now? Uh, and Seth has said, you know, uh, Aaron, I feel like the Lord's calling me to preach, uh, and, and I've been running from it. And I need to surrender to what God wants for my life. Seth has grown up in this church. He's been in this church since he was a baby. Before he could even decide if he wanted to come, he was here. And he's been here since, for the last 24 or 5 years. Six, seven. <laughs> so you found out, if you were here at 9 o'clock, I'm not very good at eight, judging people's ages. But he's been here. And he's grown up in this church, and he's watched you. And he's been a part of this church. And so it's an exciting thing to see a young man answer the call to preach, and that's a wonderful thing, but here's the thing. Most of the time when God calls a man to preach, he doesn't leave him where he sprouted. And so it means that they leave. And that's hard, and that's difficult. Um, It's difficult for them too. And yet... It's joyful because it's what God has called him to do. And we as a church, and I as your pastor, am so thankful that Seth and Allison have been obedient to God's leading and are continuing that moving all the way to Oklahoma. It's not next door. It's not like they're even moving to the foreign mission field of Alabama. They're going all the way to Oklahoma. And he'll tell us more, maybe, uh, in in a little minute about that. But we send him with our blessings, and as we send him, part of us goes with him. This church has, for 27 years, nurtured Seth. And for the last three or so, nurtured Allison and Seth together. And now we see the fruition of that. And my prayer for our church is that Seth will not be the first or the last man that is sent from this church to preach the gospel. I pray that the Lord would use our church to raise up an army of not only pastors, but missionaries and Christian workers that not only want to change Pearl, but want to change the world. And God can do that, and God alone can do that. But here's the thing, God uses me and he uses you to accomplish his will.
So I want you to take your Bible and turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. He said, verse 11 says, He gave some to be apostles and some prophets, some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness uh, of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so just for a couple minutes, I want us to think about what does 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 have to do with Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16? Well, there's the obvious connection that both of them mention pastors. But both of them give us the, the idea, if you read the rest of chapter 3, uh, of 1 Timothy, both of those passages of Scripture are talking about uh, how the body of Christ has been prepared and called by God to go and be the church. So that when the church is being the church, when they're doing ministry, when they're doing what they're supposed to do, God is glorified and the church is perfectly fit together. And so there's just two things that I want us to note uh, this morning as we think about uh, this important thing. And the first, we're going to actually go backwards from the text this morning. First, I want us to see that God has a work for us to do. As Paul says, listen, God has called some to be uh, apostles and pastor teachers and evangelists to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So we need to understand from that that God has something for all of us to do. So often we get the wrong idea. Hey, we sit in church and we consume, and that's what we pay the preacher for. But the scripture is very clear. The pastor is called to equip the people to do the work of ministry. Does the pastor do ministry? Absolutely he should, and he better. But all of us get to play a part in God's plan for this world. And that's exciting. And listen, it, but it's also scary because God has a way of, if we say, God, I'll do what you want me to do, he has a way of doing crazy things like calling you to go to Oklahoma. And so we get afraid sometimes. Well, I would do whatever God wants me to do, but what if he wants me to do something I don't want to do? <laughs> what if he calls me to do something that's hard? And here's the thing. God's call on your life, God will never ask you to go somewhere where he does not go before you. And not only does God go before you, but God goes with you. And God sustains you. And it is a wonderful thing when God's people are the hands and feet of Jesus, recognizing that Christ is the head of the church. 
But every single one of us that's a part of Christ's body has an important function to play. Your body is important. And every part of your body is important. Poor JC broke his foot uh, last week, and so he's on crutches. He's got a cool cast. Guess what? He's not moving around quite as quickly as he normally does because one of his foots don't work. Paul uses the analogy several times of the body in his letters. And we have all kinds of different bodies, or different parts of our body. And yet every one of them is necessary. And when one of them is not doing what it's supposed to, it impacts every, you know, all the rest of the parts. But here's the thing, when our body's working and cranking like it's supposed to, the human body is an incredible thing. It is, God's words, it's a masterpiece. God knit and sewed you and put you together. And because of that, you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God has a great work for you to do. But then God reminds us that not only does God have a work for us to do, but secondly, he reminds us that God uses his people to equip his people to do the work that God has for them to do. And that's where we find ourselves in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. That God has called, he's given, and we're to see our, our pastors and our leader as gifts. And they should be gifts. They should help the church and not hinder the church. Not everybody can be a pastor. Not everybody is called to be a pastor. And I tell you, every church needs a pastor. Our church found out for a few years how much it needed a pastor because it didn't have one. And thankfully, God sent Brother Jeff to, to fill in and kind of hedge that gap until you found me or until I found you. Maybe we found each other. But God has equipped his body with leaders so that they can be equipped. Because the truth of the matter is, no matter how smart you are, no matter how much natural ability you have, you cannot do what God has called you to do by yourself. You need him. And you need his working. You need his moving in your life. He needs your equip you need his equipping. And so God sends men as pastors, teachers, to help you to do that. Sad so there are a lot of churches, uh, in fact, just within Free Will Baptist, there's almost two hundred Free Will Baptist churches that don't have pastors today. There's I would imagine across America even, just America, thousands of churches that don't have pastors. And I tell you, churches need pastors. And so we again need to pray that the Lord would raise up some men that would answer the call to take the gospel message to places where it needed to go. Why? 
so the church can be the church that it's supposed to be. You know, Jesus didn't just die for you so you could hang out on, at church on Sunday morning at 11 o'clock. And he's glad for you to come. And in fact, he loves, the Bible says, when his people pray, when they gather together and sing to him, God loves that. Some say that God inhabits the praises of his people. But God didn't save you just so you can be a consumer. He came so that you could fulfill the ministry that God has for you to fulfill. And so today we come to the part in our service where we set, formally set aside Seth. There's a part of answering the call that God placed on your life, say, you know what, for you to surrender. But then there's a part to play, especially for pastors and leaders, when the church comes around and says, you know what, we concur that God has called you. And so we set you aside. And that's a very serious thing. And a very joyful thing. And something that I wish and prayed we would do much more often. And so God reminds us how important it is for us to pray, for us to support our pastors. And that we understand that their role is not to do all the work. Their job is to help equip us to do the work of ministry. And so uh, that's what we're what the service today is, is a celebration uh, and a setting apart. Uh, Seth has gone through a, a long process. He's answered all kinds of questions and had some interviews with our uh, ordaining council of our association. And they've, so our church has put the stamp of approval on him, and they've put their stamp of approval on him. Um, and so now uh, we formally say, you know what, we are thankful that God has called you and that you have answered that call, and that God's opened a door uh, for you to be um, set aside, and you'll fulfill the ministry that God has uh, for you to do. And so at this time, I'm going to ask Seth and Allison uh, and Spencer Joy to come up here. Allison doesn't have to say anything. She just has to come. Yes, yeah, stage presence, yes. A rose among the thorns, as it were. So, Seth, I'm going to ask you qu some questions um, and want you to respond. Um, so, my brother, are you fully aware of the responsibilities that you are about to be placed upon you by being ordained and set apart as an ambassador of Jesus Christ? And therefore, with this knowledge, are you ready and willing to assume that responsibility? Do you accept the Bible as the inspired and infallible Word of God? I do. 
Will you assume the responsibility to preach and teach God's word with all love and boldness, to minister to the needs of those to whom you are sent without partiality, and to give of yourself sacrificially and without reserve to the building of the body of Christ? I will. Will you strive to be diligent in the study of God's word, always ready and faithful in prayer, being an example of Christian godliness and discipline before your people and the community, in order that your life may be worthy Christian example, and that the blessing of God may rest upon your ministry. I will. Says, recognizing the sacred responsibility of your call and being aware of your own human weakness, will you seek to be directed and empowered by the Holy Spirit, in order that you may be a faithful minister of him who has called you? I will. Right, this time I'm going to ask our deacons and uh, Brother Jeff uh, to come, and uh, we're going to pray a prayer. Brother uh, Rodney is our, one of our deacons in our church. will uh, lead us in prayer. Um, and then after this prayer, uh, Brother Jeff Rimes is going to uh, uh, give a charge uh, to Seth. lay our hands upon this young man who uh, I know better than most. Uh, Lord, uh, he has uh, been raised in this church. I remember 27 years ago, uh, his mother and I uh, were at a dedication service uh, right here in this building, right there at the altar, uh, promising to uh, dedicate him to you. And, uh, Lord, we do that again. Uh, I've got to be honest, it's bittersweet. Uh, but the, uh, that's only because uh, space separates us sometimes. But uh, I'm so proud and pray, Lord, that you would bless and uh, use him and Miss Allison. And, Lord, uh, how thankful I am that you've sent her to his life. Uh, Lord, you sometimes don't get to know uh, your daughter-in-laws until after uh, they're your (laughs) daughter-in-law. And Lord, I'm so thankful that night when Seth met with those of us here at the church, these men, and said, "Uh, I've been called to preach. I need to be speaking. And I told my wife that, and she said, well, you need to do something about it. And uh, to have her support uh, is of the utmost importance. And I ask you to bless her, uh, keep her safe. We ask you to be with Seth. Uh, Lord, as he's uh, assuming this uh, ordination, and Lord, uh, those of us who are uh, here, may we promise to pray for you. May we pray for him Uh, to be blessed of you, and to be used. Lord, this is the starting point for his ministry. Uh, We pray, Lord, that you would wrap your arms around him, keep him safe. Uh, Lord, hide him behind, as the old adages are, hide him behind the cross, Lord, and let him speak the truth with love 
and let him uh, make a difference everywhere he goes. Uh, I prayed many, many times over Seth uh, to be a blessing to those he was around as a young child. And I think you did that. Uh, We had a few years when he was a teen that, you know, we all struggle with. (laughs) But uh, I prayed, Lord, for you to make him a blessing. And, Lord, I think that you're doing that. And I ask you now, as all these men, wonderful men, godly men, are here praying with me and for Seth, that, Lord, you would take uh, these prayers and these men and, Lord, be an encouragement to him and a help to him. And, Lord, may you help him fulfill his calling for you. We love you so much and thank you again for all your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen. Before Brother Jeff comes, um, don't get too far. Oh, you got to get your paper. Okay. Uh, give say I was uh, teasing Seth this morning, and I said, "You got your sermon ready?" Uh, he said, oh, "I preach a message." And I said, "Yeah." And uh, but we do want to give him an opportunity to very briefly, because remember, lunch is waiting. Um, but uh, we want to give Seth an opportunity to. Uh, share with you for just a moment, and then Brother Jeff will come and give him a charge. Uh. Well, uh, thank you that no one objected, and if you did, at least not too loudly. Um, Just so that you'll feel comfortable sending me into the world and feel confident that I have been called into ministry, I'd share a little more detailed version of the story that Brother Aaron told you, and that is... um, as about an 18-year-old kid, I sat in that pew right there, and Brother Mark Collier um, gave a revival sermon um, to our church about um, obeying the will of God for your life. And he pointed, and I think he was pointing straight at me, honestly. And he said, um, how dare you withhold from God his will for your life? And I was like, Psh, he ain't talking to me. Uh, and he was, uh, or at least God was. And, uh, and from that point, I, f- I felt confident that I had been called to, to at least preach, uh, to preach the word. And so um, I had done that a few times, and I, I went to college and had myself convinced that it wasn't vocational ministry. You know, I can still do whatever I want to do with my life. Uh, I'll just preach every now and then. It'll be great. Have the best of both worlds. Um, and I just felt, I felt very firmly um, headed into college that I was being called to, uh, to ministry, and I didn't want to do that, just like Brother Aaron said. Um, and so I pursued other things. My fight-or-flight instinct went into effect, and I chose flight. Um, so I, I tried a degree in music, and that wasn't fun, and I tried, I finished a degree in history, and that was all right, but only because it got me to where I could get married um, and I just, uh, I, I, I think back to the very first time that I ever told anyone that I was called to preach. Um, and it was brother, brother Greg Rucker. And I called him, uh, on my way back home one night. And I think I'd been at my grandma's or something. And I, I wanted to meet him up here and I did. And I told him in his office that I'd been called to preach. And he said, well, I don't know if that's true, but I'll tell you that if it is, you'll never be happy unless you do it. And, uh, that was the truth. 
That was the truth. I mean, I found, I found happiness in some extent in, in marrying the woman that God meant for me to marry and then, and then, you know, being in church and, and reading his word. Um, but there was a moment in my life, um, in October of like 2019, uh, when I just, um, I just kind of openly defied God's will. Allison had asked me one night, hey, you know, you mentioned that you felt like you might be called to ministry. What's up with that? Like, are you going to do anything about it? And I said, you know, honestly, I just don't want to do that. And uh, I think we both just had a moment where it was like, what? What did you just say? Um, and I just asked myself the question, and, and, and am I the, the Christian that's going to spend the rest of my life actively out of the will of God. Um, is that me? The anxiety that I'm feeling, the, um, the discouragement that I'm feeling in my relationship with Christ, am I willing to do that forever? And the answer was no. And so I submitted to the will of God and told Brother Aaron um, shortly after that, um, that I, I felt that I'd been called to vocational ministry and be- began pursuing that. And here I am two years later, and it was a long process, and, uh, and you know, I'm being ordained to ministry, and, and we're moving to Oklahoma where we feel the Lord has called us. So I'm just so thankful for the people that have been there to encourage us in this. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's hard not to feel sad, um, but it's a it's a contradictory kind of sad because you know that you you know you're doing what the Lord has called you to do. Um, I just want to thank all of you guys for being such a huge part of my life. Um, you know when I go places and tell people about uh, you know leaving my home church, it's I often say these people changed my diapers. You know <laughs> they um, they were there when I was a baby, baby, um, and so it's. I can't deny the influence that this church and these people have had on my life. And ultimately, you know, the the lessons were taught in this building and in these buildings that you can't deny the will of God and you can't, um, you can't flee from God. You know, I learned about Jonah as a little kid um, and then modeled his life in my own life and realized the same lesson that he learned, uh, thankfully. So just proud to have my family here. I'm proud to have my friend here. Mark, um, just uh, proud to have a mentor here, Brother Jeff, my dad. I'm sad that my grandfather couldn't be here. I think that he would be proud. Um, I love you guys. Thank you. Seth, you know, I remember when I stood up to preach the first Sunday after, actually, we had buried my mother on Saturday, and I preached on Sunday, and when I woke up that morning, I thought, 
this is the first time in my life that I have ever gone into a pulpit without my mother having prayed for me. Even when I lived in other states, I always knew that if there was one person I could count on to be praying for me every Sunday, it was her. And I thought about the scripture that talks about we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses and they're cheering us on. And I'm confident that your granddad is cheering you on today. I told Brother Aaron that all of you would get nervous when you saw me walk up here because you've never seen me stand behind a pulpit and talk for less than 40 minutes. This is a charge to the minister, and a charge is not a sermon. So um, don't be nervous. It's biblical for us to have a charge to a minister. Paul gave a charge in two different letters to Timothy, a young preacher. As Paul knew, the baton was going to be passed. And we want to read some scriptures that Paul wrote to that young minister, Timothy. I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy with the laying on the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And this next part really fits, Seth. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Seth, as a minister, never forget That as God has called you to preach, you have been called to the highest and most noble calling in the world. You should approach the pulpit. You should approach this book. You should approach congregations with a never-ending sense of awe. Always remember that God is the one who has set you apart. 
You've been set apart for the specific work of preaching the gospel. You're given truth by God, which you, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, impart to men. You're dealing with men in behalf of God. Since as a minister, you are God's ambassador to man, you should represent the things of God in your daily walk and conduct. Your life should be beyond reproach. Always remember that you are to be a leader of men. This will call you to be an example to all. The way that I like to say this is the role of a minister is to love God, love people, and do everything you can to bring the two together. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have difficult situations, and I'm not good at predicting the future, but I think I can say with great confidence that there is going to be some time in the next year when you wonder, does God know how to spell Oklahoma? Does, does God understand what's going on here? There's never a place that you're going to be that God doesn't already know everything that's going to happen, every need that you're going to have. God's not limited by state lines, and God's not limited by how many family you have near you and, and how many family that aren't blood-related to you that you have around you. There are going to be times when you make mistakes. Acknowledging those mistakes in humility will make all the difference to your ministry. Learn to be, as you've been learning throughout your life, to be spirit-controlled. Let your life be a living sacrifice. Follow the advice of the Apostle Paul. Nevertheless, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest I have, after I have preached to others, I myself also be a castaway. As a minister, you should always remember that the world is your church field. The world is your parish. The church that you serve is the organized force to work this large field. To do this most effective work, your loyalty must be to the church, the church that you're serving, but that that would be a love for the Lord and for the Lord's church that would allow you to deal with other denominations and fellowships without surrendering the distinctive scriptural truths that you're called upon to share. Your work will be one of evangelism. Always pursuing lost souls. As Charles Spurgeon said, the gospel 
always has a sense of urgency. Keep your focus on Jesus and let your purpose be the same purpose that he expressed when he said, the Son of Man is come to seek and to save the lost. Remember these words. I give thee charge in the sight of God who quickeneth all things and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession that you keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Seth and Allison, remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and he will always keep his hands on you. God bless you and I thank the Lord for you. Amen. And, uh, let's stand together. We're going to sing one. Uh...